Hello, and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. And I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast. Whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time, too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on the show from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the episode. Season 4, Episode 19, New Moon Rising. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Steph, I wasn't prepared for how much this episode affected me. Hmm. You know, I went into this episode thinking like, okay, like this is a sad episode. It's a good episode. Going to enjoy my discussion with you. And then I started watching it. And I felt everything willow and tara and oz and i was just like why why is my empathy in overdrive today (laughs) i don't know what it is i don't know if it's going back to work i don't know if it's hormone stuff but i'm just like oh so oh this is an episode i'm so glad that you felt it to that degree um i can't agree like i don't i didn't feel it to the motion where I, I think I cried at the very will end. once I'm done with you. Yeah, no, no. Like I, it's going to be a good discussion. I really liked the episode, but I wasn't as emotionally moved as I think I was in the past because my feelings have completely shifted in how I feel about Tara and Willow now. Where before I would find this episode heartbreaking because it's Oz's technically last episode. I think we see him one more time. I see what you're saying. Okay. You I, know? So I was like, huh. Yeah. I don't know that I'd say it's heartbreaking. It, it mm. it's just heart wrenching. Like yeah. all the feels, all the feels are here, Lots and that's of feels. really what I love about this episode. You know, Buffy is sometimes it's at its best when the episodes are not about the monster, right? Like there's a monster of the week here, which is Oz, but it's not the main focus of the episode. There's not a lot of combat. You know, Buffy doesn't do a ton of fighting in this episode, and it's not central to the episode's plot. Adam's in there, but whatever. Well, he's just around, isn't he? <laughs> right? He's just, he's just lurking. He's, he's right. doing stuff. Like, he's like, always around. He, the, the episode is advancing the season arc, but so infinitesimally that we're just like, snore. Yeah. But it's still such a good episode because it's about the characters. It's about Willow and her relationship with Tara, and by extension, her relationship with the rest of the Scoobies, especially Buffy. Mm-hmm. and it's so well done and the acting is so good i i like episodes like this yes yeah and i will and i will give credit to willow and to uh allison hannigan for portraying willow's journey not only in the season um with her you know embracing her sexuality and embracing this new relationship and these new experiences uh, i think that it's very believable and I really like this journey for her in this episode particularly. So let's let's you know let's get into it. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, first, I want to say I noticed a lot about the fashion in this episode because is it is it cold? Like what I don't know what month this is. Like April in Sunnydale, everybody's in winter coats. Like did you notice that? I did not. 
<laughs> at one point Buffy's wearing a goddamn hat like she's wearing like a winter knitted hat um so that's what I was noticing but then at the same time like we know that something happened with the cameras this season like they've adjusted them or they got new ones um everything's very lit and everyone looks stunningly beautiful and lit up in this season um but it, it maybe it's because it's I was once again distracted by how good Buffy's hair was I'm yeah sorry. her curly hair um, I want waves like that <laughs> I, I feel like everybody looked really old in this episode. Like, I, Willow's hair is not helping her. I think it's a cute haircut, but on Willow, it just makes her look older. Just like the shorter haircut makes Anya look older. And I think it's just the lighting. Like, Oz looked older to me. Riley looked really old to me. The only person who looked young to me was still Buffy, like Sarah Michelle Keller. But everyone else, I was like, wow, everyone's in their 40s. However, I know they're not. But this is, I was just like really aware of the look of this episode. Uh, but we start off with Willow and Tara walking in the park together. Um, it's super cute. Tara is saying that uh, she's asking Willow if she likes cats. And Willow says she's more of a dog person. And we're like, <laughs> once a dog person, but now she's a cat person, aren't you, Willow? <laughs> but Tara was thinking about um, getting one. She wants to get a cat. Um, that she's not allowed to have one in her dorm, so she's going to sneak it in. And she's like, we could call it, you know, we could call it Trixie or Miss Kitty Fantastico. And Willow, uh, and she's asking Willow if um, she's allergic to it. And Willow's like, no. And she's like, good, I want my room to be Willow friendly. And Tara takes her hand and she says, me too. And Tara says she's excited about the Scooby meeting because that's where they're heading. Uh, and what's it, what's it going to be about? And Willow says, probably just your garden variety disaster. And they're holding hands and they're looking really happy. And I'm like, wow, look at this progression for these two, right? Cut to Giles's where Buffy, Al, uh, Xander, Anya, and Riley are talking to Giles with Tara and Willow there. Um, and Buffy's saying, Zippo, patrols been totally une uneventful. Her kill count is way down. So do you notice how Buffy's kind of talking a little bit more military these days? Like kill count? <laughs> yeah, I think Riley's rubbing off on her. Oh, well, no. We know he's we know rubbing he is. <laughs> off on her, but... No change there. Uh, yeah, well, hey, they're rubbing off on each other, as we'll find by the end of this episode. But, um, yeah, so Willow's explaining all this stuff to Tara, like, you know, on the side, right? She's like, oh, there, there has been less bad guy activity. Like, she really wants Tara to feel like She's she belongs. Translating. And, yeah, she wants Tara it's to feel cute. more comfortable. It is. It's very cute. It's a nice thing to do. Um, and Giles is sa saying that uh, we know that what that often indicates, and he's saying, like, Adam, he must be involved. Willow explains really quickly to Tara that uh, when things get slow, it usually means there's some extra evil brewing. <laughs> so Riley says that that's weird because the initiative is busy. Like Our squads are pulling a lot more captures. We got demons coming out of our ears. Um, something on this episode made me really realize, why is Riley still in the initiative? It seems very strange that he's still part of this group and that this, this group is even a thing anymore. Like, their leader died, was murdered by a creation that she created, which has now escaped. So it's actually kind of weird to me that the initiative, like, it's not, I don't, I don't know, the fact that it's even still running. Like, you think the government would step in and be like, all right, like, no, get out of here. I think what you're missing, Steph, is this is typical of a government operation, right? Maggie Walsh was just a cog in the machine. So, you know, yes, she died and, and it was a tragic death from the perspective of people around her, but to the initiative headquarters or whatever back in Washington, it's just an entry on a spreadsheet. It's just mm. a dollar value of how much money did they lose 
in terms of Maggie Walsh and her project, right? That's all they care about. They don't see the human cost. And, you know, the possible benefits of the initiative's research into hostile subterrestrials far outweighs, you know, the loss of a couple of scientists and perhaps a slightly more brilliant than average scientist. But there's always more eggheads, right? Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. their line of thinking. So the but you know notice they brought in a military person to run the initiative now, mm-hmm. which is another very common thing in these. And I, I'm talking like I'm some kind of expert. I'm not, but <laughs> um, you know I feel like this is a common theme at least in fiction about top secret projects. Is you know the scientists might have control at first, but the moment something goes wrong, the military steps in and tries to take it over for themselves, right? So that's what we were seeing here. And I think Riley still being in the initiative is necessary for us to have that inside view for now. But it's also just the sign of like, you know, he's not quite ready to let go of who he was. Mm -hmm. Just like Willow in this episode wasn't sure if she's quite ready to let go of who she was Mm, lots of shedding of the past in this episode for sure i think what i'm really trying to say is that the initiative is boring it's a stupid bad guy (laughs) oh i agree with you on that yeah it like it went it went completely like it was it was botched when the actress who plays maggie walsh wanted to leave the show so like now it's like why is the initiative even here anymore what do they do anyway anyway Giles is saying that um, the activity has shifted but not stopped, and that's interesting. And Anya says, fascinating to an extremely bored person, maybe. Well, that was a thrilling hour, and everyone gets up. And Giles says, I really don't appreciate your snide remarks, Anya. I have a great deal of experience in in these matters. And if I say there's a matter of some important brewing, and then before we get to the, the shocker that comes after this, I actually was happy that Giles said something into this because we've talked about Anya before. We've given her space because, you know, she's Mm -hmm. an ex-demon. She doesn't understand human emotions yet. She's still like learning, right? But I think I've called her up before and saying she can come across as rude and not everyone has patience for that. Her remark here just being like, well, this was really boring, like boring, let's all go, what a waste of time. That's rude, (laughs) you know? And I, I think she would know that she was meaning to be it. And I think it's okay to course corrector in this case from Giles. He's like, you're, excuse you, right? Like, who are you to come in here and tell me what I'm saying is not important? I also think Anya's standing in for Giles's frustration with the Scoobies in general, you know? Mm-hmm. That's just the remark that allowed him to express the fact that perhaps he's feeling a little bit taken for granted or brushed aside right now because now that Buffy and Riley have kind of made up, you know, Buffy doesn't have access to the initiative anymore but as we're about to see she's still clearly working closely with them and giles is still probably feeling a little out of sorts and out of place now that he's not the watcher the librarian and stuff so i feel like if xander had said something in the moment giles would jump down xander's throat but it was just anya was there and said it and giles is like enough is enough i'm putting Mm -hmm. my foot down Respect. Me. Well, yeah, and I, I no, understand. Don't just walk into my house anytime you can because I leave <laughs> right? the door unlocked. I mean, hey, don't come over here and give me sass. But the door opens and everyone is looking shocked. David Giles, lock your door. <laughs> everyone is in shock, especially Willow, because Oz, Oz is there and he says, hey, and we cut to credits. <gasps> oh my God, Seth Green is back. 
Oz is back. This is why I've always liked this episode, because everyone knows the love we have for Oz is real and alive. And he left us. I'm mad at him because he just left us (laughs) in a heartbreaking situation back at Wild at Heart. I'm not over that episode. That was devastating for me. He's back. Um, Willow says, Oz. And Tara says, oh, Oz. Like, she knows who Oz is. And Willow says, when did you get back? And Oz is like, pretty much now. And Xander has to cut the tension somehow because Xander cannot let tension just sit. And he says, you don't call, you don't write. And he goes over and shakes his hand. I'm glad Xander did that, though. I think that was a nice thing that Xander did. Yeah, of course. I just sometimes think that Xander, like, just shoves himself in there when he doesn't need to be, but that's okay. Buffy says, it... Okay, so are you here, here, or are you passing through? And Jazz is like, well, let's not bombard the poor chap with questions right now, like right off the bat. Like, can can I get you something to drink, like tea? And Oz is like, no, no, I'll pass, thanks. And he goes to Willow and he says, I'm going to Devon's to see if I can crash, um, but I was hoping we could talk tonight. And Willow's like, I guess so. Like, she's really in shock. And Oz is like, I'll come by your place. And he tells everyone, it's great to see you guys again. Uh, really. And he means it. So then he leaves. And Anya's like, everyone's uncomfortable now. <laughs> and Buffy goes to Willow and she says, are you okay? And that's when Tara says, oh, I just realized I'm late uh, for a study group. And Willow's like, no, Tara, wait. And Tara's like, no, no, you should be with your friends and, and, and I should go. And then she leaves. And Willow looks deeply upset and confused and overwhelmed and all the feelings about this. Um, and honestly, I really loved Tara in this scene. Because Tara's a shy person and it's hard for her to make friends. So she was really excited to be in this meeting with the Scoobies and being included. But then as soon as Oz shows up, she just she's just really good at reading the room, I think. And of course, she's upset and she's uncomfortable. But she's also like, oh, this is not I, like this is this is a lot. So she's going to remove herself from a situation that's making her uncomfortable. But I think she also read the room really well. And she's like, you know what, though? This has nothing to do with me at the moment, so I'm just going to leave. And I, I felt sympathy for her, but I also was admiring her emotional intelligence in this and in removing herself from a situation that's really uncomfortable. I agree. Um, th- that's the right call, you know. Uh, and, and this is the start of me being like, okay, Tara, like I feel for you here and I'll get more into that in a bit. <laughs> so uh, in the cemetery at night, Buffy um, is dressed for Christmas. This is what I mean. Like if you look at her, she's wearing the longest coat. She's wearing like sweaters. She's got a hat on. And her and Riley are talking and Riley is saying like, okay, so this afternoon, like, like, hey, breakups are tough. But when um, Oz walked in, it seemed like emotions were running extra high. No doubt, Riley. Riley... <laughs> Like, I, I will give Riley credit. At least he asks questions, right? Mm-hmm. And doesn't just make assumptions or anything. You know, he's like, I picked up on something. I'm not quite sure what. Okay, okay. You're learning. You're learning our good himbo. But, oh, Riley. <laughs> he's trying his best. Um, You're right, though. Asking questions and going to the source, right? Like, Buffy, I didn't understand what happened earlier. <laughs> will you explain it? <laughs> and Buffy says that Oz and Willow had a rough breakup. And then a demon pops out of nowhere and attacks them. And they get rid of him really quickly. How rude. They were having a conversation. Well, you know demons. They just love popping out whenever like whenever it's the best time. Oh, you're time, right. right. Yes, they wait. I forgot. Yes, he totally was waiting. And then he's like, right in the middle of the sentence, go! <laughs> like when he was thinking. See, I would have waited to hear the hot gossip about the breakup, though. Right? These demons don't know the goss the way we do um yeah they got rid of it super quick though like so quick that even riley and buffy comment on it that i'm almost like why even (laughs) have this in the scene um but uh yeah riley calls his people to come pick it up 
And they continue talking. And Buffy says, yeah, they had a, a rough breakup. Um, some stuff came up and Oz pretty much bailed overnight. It left Will really devastated. And Riley's like, oh, yeah, I remember. Because when Riley got to know Willow back in the initiative, remember, like, she was already dealing with her heartbreak at that point. So, Well, he was the one who told her Daniel Osborne is no longer in this one class that everybody's taking. Yeah, and he saved her from dying by car crash right after she found out right. like she found Oz and Veruca. And, so and, he... and that's why I'm just kind of giving him some like a hard time of like, what do you mean you don't understand what's going on, Riley? You were there. It's not <laughs> like this was it's not like this was like faith where it's like you weren't here for this. It's like you were there. <laughs> yeah, but he but I think this is the case, right? He doesn't know why it's harder <laughs> because of the supernatural element right he's like yeah breakups suck but like what's her problem so uh buffy says yeah but before that they were doing really great and she was totally dealing with oz being a werewolf and riley's like hold up hold up hold up oz was a werewolf and willow was dating him buffy, i don't know why you think you could just casually drop that into the conversation you know this is gonna cause an at least a 30 minute tangent come on you just broke riley's brain yeah he he's like for like what is that 404 error does not compute like you know well it, it would be like if buffy just casually dropped in that she spent 400 dollars on shoes right like she might be like i'm just gonna sneak that in there and keep going and hope that i could talk fast enough and riley's gonna be like wait a minute well, I mean, Buffy's really lucky that this is happening to her right now because this is a good buffer before she has to start telling him about her relationship with Angel. And it's exactly what happens is that she kind of takes this conversation mm -hmm. and turns it into her own issue, <laughs> which is which is classic Buffy. But um, uh, so Riley says, you're kidding me. Gotta say, I'm surprised. Like I didn't think Willow was that kind of girl into dangerous guys. She seems smarter than that. And Buffy is like, Oz is not dangerous something happened to him that wasn't his fault and then she feels triggered by this right so she says god i never knew you were such a bigot <laughs> and riley says wait how did we get to bigot like i'm saying it's weird to date someone who wants to eat you once a month and buffy says love isn't logical riley it's not like you can be mr joe sensible about it all the time god knows i haven't been Ooh -hoo -hoo. and riley says i'm not talking about you and buffy says how about we don't talk about this at all let's just patrol so she walks away from him and it, it always it always comes down to angel right like Everything comes back to Angel for me, for Buffy, for everybody. But yeah, this is the closest we've gotten so far to her starting <laughs> that conversation because she bypassed it so many times in the past. So Oz comes to Willow's door. She seems really uneasy to see him, just very confused. It's all over her face, right? She's like, I don't know what to feel. And he says, come outside with me. So they're outside. Willow's in her winter jacket because it's freezing in Sunnydale today. Uh, it's a cold front. They're walking and she says... Like, Oz, this is really weird. I feel like this isn't really happening. Like, it's a dream or something. And Oz says, it's real. Look up. Look at the sky. And Willow looks up, and she sees the full moon. <gasps> and Oz says, I guess you stopped keeping track of it all after I left. And Willow's like, a full moon? But how? You did it. How did you do it? Where did you go? And Oz is like, that's a long story. And Willow's like, oh, my God, Oz. Because, like, Willow has been there since the beginning of Oz's, um, Oz getting bit 
by his cousin and becoming a werewolf and dealing with all of the shame and the the hardship that comes with having that curse. So she hugs him because she's so happy that he's finally figured out a solution or has found a cure of some sort. And it's so sweet. And Oz puts his hand on her head and that's like his special hold for her. And that's when I was just like the first time in this episode, I was like, oh, <laughs> I miss him so much. Willow pulls away because I think the familiarity freaks her out a bit. And um, she says, this is wonderful for you. And Oz says, I talked to Xander and he says, you don't have a new guy. And Willow's like, no, no new guy. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> yeah, he's not wrong. And Oz says, uh, he takes her hand and he says, I know what I put you through and I'm not going to push, but I am a different person than when I left and I can be with what you need now. That's what I want. That's why I'm here. <sighs> oh, Oz, you just get me every time. Like you, you really left a mess of things when you left, honestly, but like something like that and him holding your hand and him being like, look, I went off. I found a cure. And I want to be a better man. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm here. I'm here for you. Like that's romantic. So I swooned a little bit. Also, I want the deleted scene between Oz and Xander where they talked about guy stuff and Willow and like. Because remember, right? Xander and Willow cheated with each other, and Oz is not really a Xander fan. And Xander always kind of looked up to Oz as like, "Hey, Oz is a cool guy." But then, of course, the whole werewolf stuff went down, and then Oz left and broke Willow's heart. And it's like, oh, to be a fly on the wall for that conversation, honestly, it must have been such an awkward but also interesting conversation between the two of them. It's true. We missed out on a real good small treat of a scene. Um, I'm, I'm sure maybe they went for lunch. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it looked like Giles' meeting was in the morning. They had a little bedroom breakfast with Giles, and then everyone went to lunch. So so let's cut to the initiative for some reason, because it's interesting, I guess. Graham and his crew are traipsing the forest. And is this a werewolf? This is never explained in the episode because it, this isn't Oz. Oz is with Willow right now. So something attacks this crew, kills one. Graham gets knocked out. And like just later in the episode, they never catch this thing. Like this is this yeah. just out there. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I have a theory. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to get to it now, but I'm just saying... Yeah. This happened and it's never explained. So so we go back to Oz and Willow in the dorm room. It's morning. So I think the implication is they've been up talking all night. So he's given her a scarf, very beautiful, presumably handmade scarf that he found in Tibet. He says, I traded the Radiohead record, the Radiohead record. The one. Willow asks like, hey, was Tibet your favorite? And Oz says, well, it's where I stay the longest. So he talks about how he figured out how to control his wolfiness, right? So he's like, well, there was a warlock in Romania, uh, and they sent me to Tibet, to the monks there, and now I do meditation, and there's, like, herbs and charms and stuff. Uh, and Willow's kind of mocking him. She uses an ableist term mm -hmm. uh, that we will not repeat, but she uses that to talk about how, well, yeah, like, it's not like you were calm before. <laughs> um and I was just like, well, you know, there's more to it than that, right? So he's playing down the fact that he's been gone for several months, and that must have been a very intense journey for him. Yeah, and he's playing down his success a little bit here. I mean, this is a yeah. really big deal. This is a really big deal. Well, and that's what Willow says. She's like, you've been yeah. all around the world. You've had this complete mind-body transformation. I've just been here. Same old Sunnydale. 
which is not true, Willow. You've changed your hairstyle at least twice. Come on. <laughs> Give yourself some credit. Plus, you're you're proven to be a pretty powerful witch here. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Oz is like, doesn't doesn't mean you haven't gone through a lot. So true, and so Willow true. says, well, some of it was me telling myself, I hated you, cursing your name. Not literally. And Willow says, I don't know, I'm getting better at my spells and stuff. And so they acknowledge that they've talked all through the night. So so they talk about having breakfast. Um, Oz is like, well, we could just stay here. Wink. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Willow's like, I'll have the less confusing breakfast. So <laughs> they're going to go out for breakfast. Willow excuses herself, goes to the bathroom, freshens up. Uh, and while that happens, there's a knock at the door. And who's at the door but Tara, the other woman? Oof. <laughs> and Oz is like, Oh, because he recognizes her, right? And he's like, are you looking for Willow? She's in the bathroom. And Tara's like, yeah, that's okay. And you know how Tara is around people she doesn't know, right? So she's just Mm -hmm. so charmingly awkward. Um, And Oz is doing his best to be polite and friendly. And he's like, oh, I saw you with Giles yesterday. You know, and Tara's like, yeah, sometimes Willow takes me with her to the Scoobies. So it's kind of like, oh, okay. So we're all in the know here. We all know that Buffy fights monsters, right? We're we're, we're all the Scoobies. He's like, ah, there's no secret here. Yeah. (laughs) So Oz invites her in, um, and she says no, you know, politely, but she goes because she doesn't want to be alone with this guy that loves the person she loves, and I don't blame her. Mm-hmm. Like, once again, Tara's just like, avoid, and I'm like, I get you, Tara. Yeah, you don't have to put yourself in the middle of that at all. Yeah. She leaves, and Oz is just like, huh, like you can see on his face, he's processing, and that's when Willow comes to the bathroom, and he's like, oh, your friend was here, and he doesn't register how significant that is for Willow, right? He's like, your blonde friend was here. She didn't want to stay. Uh, And he launches right into like, okay, so like, you know, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? He's really excited. And meanwhile, Mm -hmm. we can see the look on Willow's face and she's like, oh no, like, fuck. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because like everything's working out for Oz right now. Everything's going exactly as he planned, I think, so far, right? He did the big surprise, like, I'm back. Um, Here's another surprise. I'm no longer a wolf. Spent all night with her. She's not ready to get physical. That's okay. I just want her to feel comfortable around me again, and it's we're going for breakfast. Like, everything's working out for Oz, but on the other hand of that, everything's falling apart for Willow. She's so confused. She's so conflicted. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um... They make Willow's conflict in this episode around choosing between her first love and first boyfriend, Oz, and this new relationship with this new person, Tara. And that's fine, right? Hey, we're here for the love triangles and all that stuff. And like, I really enjoyed Willow's journey with this this season. But there's no follow up over the hurt from the breakup, right? Like that was... I think something that they really need to talk about, but they don't seem to be doing yeah, that. Like I see what you're he saying. left, he cheated, he killed somebody. Like these are really big things that affected her. It's actually the that it's those acts that caused her to seek out somebody like Tara, to seek out a connection from Tara, who was like you know a, a shining light in that time of her being in the dark and being sad and heartbroken. So. Yeah. They're not addressing the things that I think they act was actually the problem in their relationship. It wasn't even ever the wolf. The wolf was not really a problem for Willow. It was a problem for Oz, and he solved that. But the problem for Willow now is that Oz lied and cheated. 
and then left abruptly and never kept in contact with yeah, her. Yeah, they never bring up Veruca in this episode. <laughs> right? So, like, you guys, the, the issues are not so much that, like, Oz needed to not be a werewolf. He lied, <laughs> cheated, and then killed somebody. <laughs> right? Like, that that was the issue in Wild at Heart. So, I'm just saying, like, hey, I'm all for Willow, like, only focusing on this new development in in willow's life and her being conflicted about moving forward with that um and leaving the past behind fine but i'm just saying you're missing a very crucial element of what happened this season in these conversations so uh let's cut to riley and buffy ruffy's waking up in bed there uh we have to and uh riley tries to cuddle with buffy but she's just like yeah good morning and gets up and starts leaving she's obviously still mad and um riley gets up he starts doing push-ups as buffy's getting dressed and she's like those like regulation you have to do those every morning and you can tell she's in a mood right and riley says no just a good way to start the day riley's such a himbo i'm so on board i know i was so skeptical at the start of the season but i don't know how i could have like maintained that position because riley you know they just had this argument last night and riley wakes up and he's like it's all good right <laughs> Woo-hoo! and that's New classic day. <laughs> himbo is you can just go on with your life unencumbered by the world right everything's yes. fine and meanwhile buffy wakes up and she's still back in that moment because nothing's been yes, resolved. Well, because these two don't talk to each other, right? So Where's Jonathan to mediate? Where's Jonathan when you need him? Sweet, sweet, Riley. Um, so Buffy says, great, then you can have your perfectly balanced breakfast and then you can call your mom. <laughs> I, that made me laugh because I was like, Buffy, Riley's mom died. Her name was Professor Walsh. <laughs> um, but Riley picks up on this. Hey, Kimbo Riley's learning. He picked up on that tone and he said, okay, I've been up for less than a minute and somehow I've managed to piss you off. And Buffy's like, maybe I should just go home because Buffy just wants to bail. She doesn't like talking to this stuff through. And he says, no, come on. And good for Riley, honestly, for pushing it. Because, like, I think Buffy could have mm-hmm. carried this out for, like, five more episodes probably if she wanted to. <laughs> so he's making her talk to him. And he's saying, is this about what i said last night look i only said what i said because i'm concerned about willow like i don't want to see her get hurt and buffy says you sound like mr initiative demons bad people good and riley says is there something wrong with that theorem and here the thing is the thing is i don't think buffy should be so surprised that riley has the stance because it's always been this stance right like remember his outburst in uh goodbye iowa like in the bar like, was that not enough, Buffy, to tell you that this guy really sees things black and white like this? So I don't know why. I know why she's upset about it now, because it's applying to something that she's going to have to talk, talk, tell him about, like her past with the supernatural boyfriend that she had. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm like, you know, Buffy, your your literal title is a vampire slayer and you, you kill demons. So it, it's not hard to understand why Riley has this point of view, right? Demons good, people bad. Yeah. And he also, like, you know, you you willingly got into a relationship with him knowing that he's part of a military operation that kills demons. I also feel like we've had this argument before. And I know why they're bringing it up now because of what happens with Riley later in the episode. This is part of his character development. But I feel like for us as viewers, it's just like, okay, like, you know, we've seen this before. <laughs> Let's get on to the good stuff. That's been Riley's character development this whole season, like just repeating storylines that Buffy's already gone through in better (laughs) seasons, number one. Um, But like 
you're right. Like we've already, I thought we covered this like five episodes ago when he had his meltdown. <laughs> like, I guess not. Spike thing, like. <laughs> right? I, I, I guess not. So um, Buffy says there's different degrees of, and Riley says evil. And Buffy says, it's just different with different demons. There are creatures, vampires, for example, that aren't evil at all. And Riley says, name one. And I was like, who? I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm laughing. No, because it's funny. Because it's like, Buffy, you're, this is how she's trying to, she's trying to have this conversation right now, right? There, there are some creatures. But yeah, Forrest comes in and saves, saves the day for her because he says, beta team got hit. We lost Willis. No, not Willis. <laughs> and uh, Graham is still walking, though. He's alive. And uh, we're going on a hunt. And Riley starts to get addressed. And Buffy asks what kind of demon it was. And Riley says, does it matter? And then they leave. Demon's bad. Well, you wait, okay, but like when we say that this has been repeated, um, remember Maggie Walsh got killed by a demon and Riley was like, let's get the demon. And now it's like Graham got hurt by a demon and he's like, let's get the demon. So like we've already seen this. <laughs> so whatever. Willow's on her bed hugging her dog stuffed animal um, and Buffy comes in. And she's like, did you see him? Did you see Oz? And sa- Willow says she was with him all night. And Buffy's like, girl talk. You know what I mean? She like sits on the bed and she's like, oh my God, like this is great. But wait, wasn't last night a wolf moon? Either you're about to tell me something really cr- incredibly kinky or... And Willow's like, no, no kink. Like, you didn't change Buffy. He said he was going to find a cure and he did in Tibet. And Buffy's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And then she's like, hey, I'm, I'm all with the woohoo here and you're not. And Willow's like, there's woo and there's who. And then there's uh-oh and why now? And it's complicated. And Buffy says, why is it complicated? And Willow says, she, she takes a moment, right? She takes a breather. And then she says, it's complicated because of Tara. <laughs> and Buffy says, Tara has a crush on Oz? And then she's like, no, no, wait. And then her eyes get really big. And Buffy's like, oh, oh. And then she gets up and she's like, well, that's great. You know, you know what I mean? I think I think Tara's a really great girl, Will. And Willow's like, no, she is. There's there's something between us. It wasn't something I was looking for. It's just powerful. And it's totally different from what Oz and I have. And Buffy starts like walking around the bed and she's like really awkward. And she's like, well, there you go. You know, you have to follow your heart, Will. And that's what's important, Will. And Willow's like, why do you keep saying my name like that? And Buffy's like, like what, Will? And Willow says, are you freaked? And Buffy says, what? No, Will. And then she catches herself, right? She like, Willow called her out. She's like, you're like, you're acting weird. So Buffy hears that and then she sighs and she says, no, like more firmly. And she sits on the bed with Willow and she says, absolutely no to that question. I'm glad you told me. What did you say to Oz? And Willow says, I was going to tell him, but then we started hanging out and I could just feel everything coming back. He's Oz, you know? And Buffy says, like, I know. And Willow says, I don't want to hurt anyone, Buffy. And Buffy says, no matter what, someone's going to get hurt. And the important thing is just to be honest or it's going to be worse. Wow. Uh, this scene, where do we start? The acting is incredible. Yeah. I want to, I want to start with the intimacy of it because it's Buffy and Willow. It's a girl talk situation, which you and I love. It's the two of them in their dorm room having a chat and you know, like it's very intimate. It's very quiet. It's, it's a nice setting. Yeah. 
I just, I really, really like that moment where Buffy asks why it's complicated. And like you said, Willow pauses and she says, it's complicated because of Tara. She doesn't just say because of Tara. And I know that might seem like a really small thing, but the fact that Willow like answers the question in a full sentence like that, you can really see how she's like thinking it through. She's like, am I going to say this out loud to -hmm. my best friend? It's so big. It's this big thing. You can feel it coming off of her. And then the way that Buffy reacts, and I love Sarah Michelle Gellar for how she handles this so masterfully, right? Because first there's the little bit of humor of like, oh, well, she's going to think, oh, Tara has a crush on Oz. Love it. And then the awkwardness of like the pacing and calling her Will over and over because she's, you know, Willow's like, are you freaking, right? But it's like, no, she's processing. And, and I can see that. I can see how Buffy is dealing with it. And of course, Buffy is a more physical person, right? She has to get up. She has to move around to figure out what's going on in her mind as she processes this. Yeah, and I think um, I've heard feedback from people. I've heard comments from people about this scene and how some people might be disappointed in Buffy for the way that she acts, at first anyway. Um, First, she has to, you know, take it in and get awkward about it. And the way I see that is that I think that's very of its time. Like, when you watch it from 2022... And thinking about, you know, this was 22 years ago in 2000, um, that was probably a pretty common um, way to respond to somebody telling you this information. But I honestly feel for Buffy here uh, because it's okay to get new information and process it, like you said, right? Like, take your time. Maybe she's feeling shocked by that. Maybe because she thought, like, oh, I always thought that, you know, I thought Oz would be back and you'd be happy with him. But this is new information. This is like, you're just processing it. And I think that's okay, you know? I agree. Um, I think we slate the show a lot for how things about it haven't aged well. But I I really like how they handle it here. Because like you said, this is very realistic for how people would react back then. This whole scene is such a big deal, right? Like how often did they have coming out scenes in shows? I know it was getting a little bit more common around this time, right? But it's still a big deal. This whole episode is a big deal in many ways. It's such, like you said, it's an intimate scene. It's a scene between two girls who are becoming women, best friends. One of them is coming out to the other. And the fact that Buffy reacts the way she does, instead of just shrugging and being like, yep, I'm cool with it. I think that's really valuable because I think that modeled for straight female viewers at the time that it is okay if you have that moment of like, wait, wait, what? what? And processing. Yeah, you know, yeah. A lot of them would feel the way Buffy does. But it then shows them how should you react. And this is what I love is the scene finishes with Buffy doing the right thing, which is she says, it's okay, right? You know, I'm behind you. I understand the complicated feelings. You know, she's like, I don't know if I understand at all. But she's like, yeah, I, I, I can see my friends hurting and upset and confused about not her sexual. Well, maybe a little confused or questioning at least, right? But like Buffy's there. And I love the advice she gives Will because she's like, somebody's going to get hurt 
And you're so right, Buffy, which is tragic. But I love that she didn't sugarcoat it. And she's not like, we'll make this all better and everything's going to be fine for everybody in this situation. It's like, no, this this is real life. And this is how you know Buffy's being through some shit. Yeah, and it's just, it's a, it's a lovely scene because it's a scene of intimate honesty. Willow was very honest with Buffy and told her what she's going through and why this is complicated for her. And Buffy gave her the honest reply, right? Well, someone is going to get hurt, Willow. Like, there's... There's no way around that, but an important thing is just to be honest, right? And just and just do what's right for you. And the way Willow says, you know, about Tara, she's like, there's something between us. It wasn't something I was looking for. It's just powerful. That line hit me so hard because I feel that, you know, as somebody who's aromantic and uh, after I figured that out in my young adulthood, I kind of resigned myself to not having a partner. You know, some aromantic people do, but I realized pretty quickly, hey, that isn't for me. And then, you know, I started making some pretty close friends and I had a very similar experience to Willow where it's like I wasn't looking for a friendship that I ended up developing where, you know, we we are platonic and, and some people might when I talk about it, some people might mistake the way I talk about it as a type of romantic love, but that's, it's not. But for me, it is just as powerful and fulfilling as what a lot of people experience through a romantic partnership. Even though this person isn't somebody I live with, it isn't somebody I sleep with, it isn't, you know, somebody I see every day, or, or sometimes we don't talk for a while, but like, it's a connection, right? And so, you know, I don't know if other queer people who aren't, like, sapphic, I'll say, uh, can see that in this scene, right? But for those, for those of us who are, are um, even less represented on television, I, I have to find these moments kind of of recognition. Something similar happened to me watching an episode of the second season of Supergirl when Alex is coming out and realizing that she's gay. And it's just like... Yeah, like I find these moments where it's like, I just, I appreciate any kind of acknowledgement that pushes back against compulsory heterosexuality and the idea that if you're a, a woman in this world, you've got to find a man and settle down and that's the key to happiness. It's the key to happiness for some people, but not for everybody. And, and, and for the show to say that and for Willow to admit it in this moment of vulnerability, <sighs> I just feel really seen um and it's just like yeah like you can have people who come into your life whether they are friends family co-workers whether they become romantic or sexual partners at some point for however long in your life like but it can be this surprise and it can teach you things about yourself and what you are capable of expressing and giving to other people that you didn't necessarily know about yourself before that. And I think that's so beautiful and wonderful. And it's something that, you know, I'm glad that these days in 2022, our media is finally starting to represent that a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, really well said. I think what you said earlier too about um, Buffy modeling you know, for straight people or for people who have uh, queer friends, 
the right way to react to somebody who might be coming out to you. I really love that you said that you related so closely to Willow in this scene because I actually related very closely to Buffy because, sure, she had a little stumble at the beginning with the whole, like, oh, Will, that's great, Will. And then she, you could tell she was, like, awkward about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to show that she regained her composure and she expressed to Willow that she's here, she's supporting, and she loves her no matter what. Because, hey, I, I remember when I was 16 or 17 years old, um, a couple of friends came out around that time. And I really don't think I was eloquent about it. You know, I th- don't think yeah. I was graceful about it. I think I was also was, awkward. Yeah, that was yeah. our generation. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. So so when I watched this in Buffy, I was like, it, sometimes it's not about those first few moments or days or whatever of you adjusting to your friend's um, to what your friend has told you. Sometimes it's about how you make up for it after, right? So seeing right. that in Buffy was really nice. And that's a great point. Buffy doesn't make it about her. That's mm-hmm. the one thing you don't want to do when somebody comes out to you, whatever they're talking about, right? Is don't turn around and make it about you and your feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was coming out to people as trans, it's like variety of reactions from people. Some people were just like, that's great. Or, you know, okay, cool. New name. Great. Some people had questions. Some people were kind of like Buffy, right? Um, But the only time I ever got annoyed was when people made it about them and was like, well, how this affects me. And Buffy doesn't do that in this scene. She's just like, she's, you know, she's processing and then it's like, (laughs) okay, like I can deal with this. This is fine. Yes. Yes. And that's, hey, I think that's a really important journey to show somebody who is on the receiving end of this information, right? Um, so I don't know, thumbs up all around the scene, really touching, really moving, really important for a show in 2000. Still a model, like we can still look Speaking at it now. Speaking of our favorite queer couple on the show, we cut to... <laughs> Spike. <laughs> Sleeping in a crypt and Adam's reaching for him so they can begin their love affair. <laughs> how, how long was Adam watching him sleep? Days. That's what I want to know. <laughs> what how does adam even know spike um anyway i thought this was really funny i actually did pick up on some sexual vibes in the scene well adam has a floppy disk labeled hostile 17 from the edition (laughs) adam's got a floppy disk for spike that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) but is it a haunted floppy disk is it i mean i guess that's what the season finale is gonna <laughs> so anyway um yeah adam's there adam's there and he reaches for spike to start something and spike stops him and he um it's so funny because he's like oh he just thinks it's an average demon then when he opens his eyes he's like oh shit so he gets up and adam is saying spike i want you to come with me <laughs> oh god oh yeah you I do didn't need to read this scene this way but okay <laughs> it's too late it's we're here what we're have here. i done <laughs> and spike says uh, do you let's go then and then he punches adam in the stomach <laughs> but to no effect no effect well um, that must turn spike on because we all know how much spike loves people who could beat him <laughs> well that's what that's why Ad, like adam likes this great right? because adam would be the dominant one in this situation so he says Come, <laughs> you're going to help me with my problem. <laughs> His big floppy problem. <laughs> and Spike says, why? And Adam says, I'm going to help you with yours. <laughs> like I said, best queer couple on this show. Right? Like this is homoerotic and I'm so into it. Are they, what is, what is it? Spatum? 
spatum. Mm. Mm. Step aside, spoys. <laughs> spatum's where it's at. Oh my goodness. I just, yeah. I mean, this is, this feels inevitable. Like, this was coming. This was coming, all right. <laughs> Spike was supposed to be the big bad, but he wasn't. Now Adam's the surprise big bad because Maggie Walsh is gone. So it's like, of course they're going to meet. You're like, how did he find out about him? Well, if it wasn't from a floppy disk from the initiative, Adam's been going through the demon population. Eventually, he's going to hear about this big bad vampire who fell from grace. And now all the demons don't like him because he's been killing demons. Because remember, Adam is interested in mortality. He's interested in death uh, for both supernatural creatures as well as humans. So... Spike is a very logical choice um, as an ally or a minion of a kind. Dare I say, Steph, I am a little intrigued. I'm intrigued as well because I actually don't remember what Adam's big plan is for the end of the season. It's like I truly am a new watcher when it comes to him because I forgot all about him. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm excited. Like, what does he want Spike for other than to jerk him off and then follow him into his plan? (laughs) Willow, meanwhile, uh, has gone to, to see Tara. (laughs) Moving on from that scene. Um, And Tara invites her in. Everybody is very polite except when they're visiting Giles. It's true. So Willow's like, well, you know, I can only stay a minute. I've got class. Uh, Which Tara's like, okay, well, I also have class, right? So clearly, that's good. They're both kind of No one has class at this school. (laughs) That's true. They're lies. lies. Yeah, they're lies. Uh, and then, you know, Willow's like, well, what you saw this morning, right? Showing up at the dorm room and stuff. It wasn't like the two of us or anything, like, you know. Um, and Tara says, it's okay. I always knew he came back. And Willow insists nothing happened. And Tara says, really? Maybe a little bit less suspicious than me, but. Um, <laughs> so Willow explains, right? It was intense. We were talking. Now I kind of feel like my head's going to explode. Um, and Tara says to her, whatever happens, I'll still be here. I'll still be your friend. And she's stuttering as she does this because this is hard for her. And then Willow looks at her and, you know, there's, there's a distance between them, the way they're standing. And the expression on her face is a little bit offended. She's like, of course, we'll still be friends. That's not even a question. And then Tara's insisting. She's like, well, I know what Oz means to you. And Willow takes umbrage at this. She says, how can you, when I'm not even sure that I know what he meant to me? But he left and everything changed. I changed. And I don't know. You know, life was just starting to get good again. And she started to, like, cry, which big props to Allison Hannigan. I don't know if, like, somebody had to come up and slap her. Like, I know some (laughs) people can cry on command. But, like, the way the tears, like, because it's not, like, bawling. It's just, like, her eyes are starting to mist yeah, she's like very good at still crying. Where they just the yeah, tears fall. There's no scrunching of the face. There's no yeah, boogers. It's not it's melodramatic. Just, yeah. um, and she's like, "Here comes the thing I wanted most of all." Oz coming back. She's like, "I don't know what to do. I don't know. I want to know, but I don't." And now she's really getting into it. And Tara's wiping the tears, and she says, "Do what makes you happy." And Oh, the heart-wrenchingness of this scene. They hug. They hold each other. Why don't you guys consider a thruple? 
Right. Come, I mean, right? Like, how come we haven't considered that? Yeah, I mean, you're joking, but this this is my response to every quote unquote love triangle, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it's not really it's a love angle. It's not a love triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only a triangle if, like you said, the thruple. If there's like a tr- an attraction among the three of them. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with you. Um, but yeah, I mean. <sighs> Now I'm now I'm feeling you know earlier I was empathizing with Willow now I'm empathizing with Tara and I'm feeling for Tara because you know I I, I haven't been in exactly this situation but I, as I kind of said in a previous episode kind of identifying more with Tara in this season I, I know what it's like to want to minimize yourself and how much you mean to another person because you think it'll make things easier for them and it, it's a really it's not a nice thing to do for yourself, but I, I so, I just, I don't know. I can't really explain it, but I just, I really understand what must be going through Tara's head in this moment. And I just, again, like props to the writers for representing that here with this Yeah. I, you know, I'm really awed with, um, I'm in awe of Tara in this episode because she's being so mature about it. And you can tell like what, like she's the kind of person when she loves somebody and it's not about her. She's saying like, Willow, like I want you to be happy. If Oz makes you happy, I'm here for you. Right. And it's going to break my heart, but you're happy. And that's what matters. And I think at the end of the episode, Oz expresses the same, same sentiment. Like people just love Willow so much that they just want her to be happy and content. They don't want this conflict for her. And I think that comes out in the scene with Tara. And it's nice. <laughs> it's just really, it's a really nice thing that she's doing for Willow here. She's not trying to give her any pressure. Willow came to her, right? She's like staying out of it. Yeah. Willow came to her with this. So, <sighs> so in the hallway, Oz smells Willow. Psych, it's Tara. And uh, he's like, oh, I thought I smell heard Willow. <laughs> And um, Tara notices he's got books and she's like, oh, are you coming back to school here? And he's like, yeah, I'm feeling oddly motivated, which is weird because Oz never feels motivated. So he he's also taking this all very quickly. It's like you just got back into town, buddy. You're crashing with Mitch, a.k.a. Devin. <laughs> um, and it's like you're coming back to school. It's like, is this not like almost the end of first year at this point? I, like it, it must have been a really good breakfast. You know what I mean? Like because he's like he's like, I'm ready to start up my life again. Everything's good. That's what I mean. Like I feel for I feel for a lot of people in this episode. I feel for Oz because like so far until this moment, everything's going perfectly. It's like he like wrote it down in a master plan and it's all coming to fruition. So Tara says, That's great for you and Willow. And Oz is like, I hope so. And she's like, okay, good. And she's awkward. And then he asks her, Is that is that her sweater? And Tara's like, I hope you guys will be very happy. And Oz is like, you smell like her. She's all over you. Did you know that? And Tara says, I can't talk about this. And she tries to walk away. And Oz stops her with his arm. And he's like, is there something to talk about? Like, are, are you too involved? And Tara's like, I have to go. Uh, and she's getting like, really uncomfortable. And Oz is getting visibly upset. And then um, he shouts, stop, as Tara tries to leave. And he has his hands on her. And he's like agitated. And he says, is she in love with you? tell me and then his hands start to change and then he starts to morph into a wolf and tara's like <gasps> and he's like run is what he says to her after commercial break after commercial break hey another day another episode where tara's running for her life <laughs> on campus so true sad but true <laughs> like tara's been in like six episodes this season all of, like most of them are her running for her life 
um, yeah, Oz the werewolf is chasing her into Mickey Walsh's old classroom. This made me laugh so hard because Tara like chucks a chair, like one of those aluminum. She takes him it, out. It's like, like one of those flimsy go, aluminum Tara. school chairs that weighs like five pounds. <laughs> but yeah, but she has really good aim, and that girl's got an arm. Right, so it takes him out. But at that same time, he gets shot by a tranquilizer by the initiative. Riley's there with the boys, and um, they're like, "This is the creature that attacked Graham." Like, I know it. And the guys are like, yeah, yeah, the other night, that was him. So Riley's like, okay, we'll take him back. ID him. And if it's him, we'll put him down. And um, Tara's trying to tell Forrest that that's a human. That's Oz. Like, you know, he's he's innocent. Um, but they're like, don't worry about it. And they leave. Okay, can we talk for a moment about how the initiative guys have completely given up any pretense of stealth or secrecy around Sunnydale High or Sunnydale Campus? <laughs> right? They just look, hey, I don't know. Like, they can think of... They could they could pull off the whole like oh we're hazing somebody because he's not gonna bag right the, the wolf. Well, Forrest <laughs> is being pretty authoritative. He's like, don't worry, we'll take it from here. We know how to handle this, <laughs> and they're just shooting people with crank guns in the middle of the the school. Like, I'm sorry, it's just like it's so obvious that you guys are military commanders. Can we just be real? What, what I kind of what I said earlier, like the initiative is stupid. Like that is just stupid. It's like, why are you even in the episodes anymore? You're not even trying. <laughs> uh, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, whatever. I just, I just, I don't know who I'm upset at at this point. I'm just like, come on, do better. I know. So let let's leave the boys here and go to our fave boys. Adam and Spike spat him <laughs> because Spike is telling Adam, well, that sounds like fun. <laughs> we don't know what he's talking about. Something sexual, obviously. Adam says, you see my problem, though. Total annihilation of the humans doesn't help me. I'll be needing heavy casualties on both sides. So I, I honestly, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm very intrigued. Like, what is going on? I do, but I won't say no. anything. My lips are safe. Yeah, yeah. I want it to be a surprise because um, I'm like, what? Spike says, um, I get that. I'm just not sure how the Slayer fits in. <laughs> Ooh, they want to invite the Slayer in. Um, Adam says, the humans need a leader, a champion. The Slayer can do that. And Spike's like, yeah, the thing about the Slayer is she's like a whiny little thing. <laughs> but when it comes to fighting, she does have a slight tendency to win. And Adam's like, I guess you should be on her side. And Spike says, when all this goes down, the chip comes out. No tricks. And Adam says, scout's honor. And Spike's like, you were a Boy Scout? And Adam says, parts of me. Parts that <laughs> Spike knows very well at this point. <laughs> oh. We're going to carry this all the way to the end of the season. <laughs> Spat him for life. Oh, this so much now. <laughs> All right. Uh, Willow is in the library. It's very quiet. I like how Tara doesn't go into the library. She waits at the door, right? Like Willow looks up and leaves the library. They're not. They're not going to chat in the library because no, no. that librarian is going to. <laughs> Tara's like, I'm far too anxious to disrupt everybody in the library right now. <laughs> so Tara basically tells Willow what's up, right? Oz wolfed out, uh, attacked her. Riley, you know, shot him with a trank gun. Now he's at the, now Oz is at the initiative at their mercy and Will is like I have to go get Buffy and go and and again Tara's not making this about her like she is being so mature if I got attacked by my you know crushes ex who's a werewolf I would be Bye. like Willow like <laughs> right like I'd be like I would be upset at Willow oh, I'd be petty and about like, it freak it out and Tara's just like 
She's concerned for Oz. This is what I'm saying. Like, Tara's such a good person. I'm in awe of her character because she cares. She cares about Oz's well-being. She cares about Willow's well-being. She probably also cares about Riley for some reason. You know what I mean? Like, she's just, she cares, and it's nice. (laughs) So, um, yeah, find Buffy Willow does at Giles' house. Anya is saying, well, they probably haven't had time to eviscerate him yet, right, Uh, about Oz. Mm -hmm. And Xander says, Anya, you can help by making this quiet time. How do you feel about that line? I mean, I know we were pro uh, telling Anya to shut up earlier in the episode, and it makes feelings, right? Like, I agree. Anya probably needs to learn how to better read the room. At the same time, I always love Anya's vocabulary. It's a very specific form of killing Oz, evisceration. So, good word. Yeah, the fact that it's Xander doing it, we've talked about this before, not loving that. But at the same time, it's like, I I feel like it'd be a little hypocritical of us to criticize Xander too much more than criticizing Giles. Well, yeah, but I think the thing is, is it's like intention, right? Like Anya was being purposefully rude to Giles earlier, which is why I was kind of on board with him being like, yo, you can't disrespect me like that in my own house. Here, Anya is just saying something that she thinks is going to help make Willow feel better. It just comes out wrong, similar to how Cordelia used to do it, right? So that's where I think there's a big difference. But anyway, Giles says that, okay, now we've got the daunting prospect of having to infiltrate the initiative again. (laughs) And Xander's like, if only we had someone in the group who's dating a man on the inside, someone with connections. Oh, wait. And Buffy's like, no, no, Riley's not answering his pages and he's, and she's left her messages. Um, but they'll have to make a plan without Riley. How, how are they ever going to make a plan without Riley? <laughs> Hope he calls. So <laughs> Werewolf Oz is in the cage in the pit of the initiative. Ooh, that could be a children's song. <laughs> <laughs> Just so it sounds like, you know, when like there's a flea in the bag and I don't know. Like, oh, okay, that's what you're saying now. It just it sounded really nice the way I wrote that There's down. There's a wolf in a cage in a pit yeah! of the initiative. <laughs> right? There's a werewolf in the cage in the pit in the initiative today. <laughs> like it's come on. It writes itself. <laughs> so the the boys are wondering if this is the animal uh that took out their men. I'm wondering the same thing. Cause like I said earlier, what was that animal that took out the men? They never they never tell us. <laughs> So um, the scientist is saying that, you know, Graham described the character, like the characteristics of 40 known varieties of demon. So we're cross-checking the DNA, the hairs and the fibers. Um, And Riley takes out his gun and he's like, don't need a bunch of tests to know that this thing was a killer. And he aims the gun at the cage. Oh, no. But Wolfie morphs back into Oz the man. A flash of white. Oz is... Uh, uh, tied to a table as the scientists are leering over him. Riley's like, well, come on, let him go. He's not a threat now. He's he's fine. And the scientists say, I allowed you to stay as long as you let us do our work, Agent Finn. Colonel McNamara can place a cease order on medical testing, and he's told us to proceed. So another scientist is saying, I always suspected that stuff about werewolf transformations being based on the lunar cycle was all campfire talk. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure you did, scientist. Um... They're sticking Oz with needles and stuff. They're like low-key torturing him. They electrocute him. Yeah, it's it's brutal. And Riley doesn't like this. He's like, you know what? That's enough. Come on, you guys. He's, he's a student. Like, I know him. And um, 
the scientists order Riley to be taken away and he's escorted out. And like they, like you just said, they, they electrocute Oz so that he turns back into a wolf. And they're like, uh-huh, transformation related to negative stimulation. So they're doing science tests on him. Evil science ooh, stuff. Ooh. So back at Giles's, Buffy is saying something's wrong because Riley usually returns my phone calls by now. Like I've trained him very well. Uh, they can't wait. So Buffy's like, me and Xander are going in because Xander used to be an army guy that one night. <laughs> so they're going to go in. Will wants to go with them. And Buffy's like, no, it's too dangerous. I need you to help Giles hack into the city's electrical grid so that they can try and power down the initiative and the entire city at the same time. And Willow says, Giles can do it without me. I, this like blew my mind. Giles can do it without me. I can give him all the instructions. I can show him exactly what to do. I can't just sit here and I'm sorry. That's a terrible idea, you guys. Willow should definitely be the one to hack into the city's grid. I mean, the fact that they're trying to say like, oh, it's that easy to hack into the city's electrical grid. Honestly, I buy that part because I don't know if you've seen anything about this, Steph, but... Apparently, the power grid is one of the more vulnerable pieces of our infrastructure when it comes to things like attacks. Mm. But I, that's what gets me about this scene is it's like, so you're okay with just casually committing some domestic cyber terrorism here? <laughs> like, that's what this is. This is a terrorist attack that they're planning. Yeah, because Oz is in the initiative. We got to go get him. Um, but also, like, wouldn't it take way more time to write down instructions and tell Giles how to hack into this grid when Giles sucks at computers? Like, that would take way more time than Willow just doing it and then heading out with them. I agree. You know? Plus, like, Willow comes along and she doesn't do anything on this trip. No, like... she's just there to observe. <laughs> so, okay. But Buffy, she's she's soft. So she's just like, yeah, you can back us up. <laughs> So anyway, um, they, they need to get, they, they have to figure out how to get in, right? And it's hard because Buffy doesn't have clearance anymore. Xander's like, we'll have to grab a guy and make him get us in. And Spike is just standing in the room. Spike is just there. I, I think that he portaled in. I think he used Anya's portal <laughs> just walked well, in. Well, I mean, again, as Spike is about to point out, Giles doesn't lock his door. And I love how the season started to comment on this. They're just like, yeah, Giles. You, even the show is just like, Giles, fucking close and lock your door. <laughs> God damn it, Giles. So, yeah, Giles literally was like, how'd you get in? And Spike's like, the door was unlocked. <laughs> so he says, you should watch that, Rupert. Someone dangerous could get in. And Buffy says, or someone formerly dangerous and currently annoying. <laughs> Nice. And Spike's like, now, now, none of that, or I won't help you get Red's mongrel back. (laughs) Bad news travels fast with us demons, and we all like a good laugh. And Giles is like, are you short of cash, Spike? And Spike's like, well, I happen to be seeking monetary gratification, yeah. But I also get a kick out of jacking up those army ginks myself. I don't know what ginks means. He says, I know how to find the big bad, a big bad that can get you to Oz. And Buffy says, so what's the going rate for a wild goose chase, Spike? Like, Buffy does not have time for Spike. She is so done with his bullshit. And Spike's like, well, if you're not interested, fine. But I was, but I was stuck in that hole, remember? And I've heard about things from other guys who got out and I can get you in no alarms and no cameras. So I guess they have no choice but to trust Spike today. Bad mistake. Um... Cut to Oz, who's naked in his cell, shaking. And honestly, 
good for him because Riley comes and tries to break him out. He gets him clothes. He gets him like almost to the door of the initiative and then they all get caught. And Forrest is like, end of the line when all the boys take take them away. Forrest is like, I knew it. I knew you'd betray us. I told you so. <laughs> and sweet Graham is Graham's there. Graham's probably so disappointed. Graham's just like, my family's broken up. I'm a child of divorce. Yeah. Forrest <laughs> is angry. Graham is disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it hurts more when Graham's disappointed than Forrest being angry. Right? Yeah. No more movie night with the boys. <laughs> Poor Graham. So Riley is in the cell. In his cell, he's, oh my God, he's in jail. And uh, the colonel comes in and he's like, being new around here, Finn, I had to look up your record and Professor Walsh's notes. Until recently, you were exemplary soldier heading straight for the top. Then you meet this girl, the Slayer, and suddenly you begin to exhibit signs of disloyalty. You abuse your command. But tonight, to release a lethal HST back into the population? Ah, yes, yes, um... Definitely, it was the Slayer that has turned Riley off his path, and not the revelations about how the people he trusted were drugging him. <laughs> yep, and how it was this organization that created a monster that killed some of our scientists and soldiers, and then escaped. <laughs> but no, it's all the blonde chick's fault. Ooh, Buffy, it's always Buffy, ooh, Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> so okay colonel we, we see you where you're just like every other bad guy on this show riley starts to interrupt him and the call the, he shouts the colonel shouts at him she, he's like you will speak what i tell you to <laughs> he says tomorrow i'm going to institute a court martial to investigate the extent of your involvement with the slayer and her band of freaks they're anarchists thin too backwards for he's the real wrong. world. No, he's not wrong. I actually like that. I like, I'm like, ooh, anarchists. Ooh, I like that. They really are, though. They're anarchists, vigilantes, and now they're terrorists. <laughs> and they're freaks. So he says, uh, if you help us take these da- these freaks down, uh, you might just save your military career. Otherwise, you're going to your grave labeled a traitor. No woman is worth that. So Spike is leading Buffy, Xander, and Willow through the forest. Buffy and Willow are wearing lab coats. Spike and Xander in army gear. Um, This is a little bit confusing to me. So like they get to the door where Adam first came out back in Goodbye, Iowa. And um, Spike goes up to the door and Adam is on a computer somewhere. He's just he's just on a computer somewhere else. And the door is open. (laughs) I was like, what? What? Well, he's, Adam's plugged in. He's networked in. He's and so jacked he, he's, in. He's hacked into the initiative. Exactly. Um, Adam is jacked in, and he's hacked into the initiative. And so he's the one who unlocks the door, because this is part of Adam's plan, Spike helping Buffy. Yes. It was also part of Adam's plan to be jacked into Spike before the plan was initiated. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So Spike opens the door, <laughs> and they go in. Um, I started this. I'm responsible for this. Anya and Giles are are on like Giles letting Anya work the computer. Even more bizarre that Anya would be able to work this computer. But whatever. Yeah, they're on the the city's electrical grid. On and hey, did you notice that this, that um, Giles has a Mac computer? It makes sense. I didn't know that Mac was that old. Oh yeah. There were there were MacBooks, there were power books back then. And, Did not uh, know. I think it makes sense for Giles to have one because remember, a couple of years ago with Jenny Calendar, he thought computers were the devil, and he was right. He was right. <laughs> he had a point. Praise. 
Giles has come a long way now that he owns a computer. Or maybe it's Willow's computer? I don't know. I think it's Willow. It but, might be Willow's, yeah. Yeah. But if I feel like Giles would have a Mac, right? Because he'd go into a store and be like, I need one of these computing devices. And some salesperson would sell him a Mac. Yeah, and Giles is like secretly rich, so he could definitely get a Mac. Anyway, it works. The lights go out and the whole of the whole city, not just the initiative and the school campus. Well, but we see it was Adam who did that. Oh, shit, really? Okay, so I missed that. I completely, that was over my head. But I really love this part because Anya says to Giles, slap my hand now! <laughs> because she knows it's like a high five, but she's... <laughs> Anyway, it's so cute, and Giles does, and Anya's like, ow, because I guess he did it too hard, but I'm like, that's so cute. So, like, they made up, right? They had a little thing at the beginning. Now they're friends again. Um, they're also, they should probably hook up because, again, I think these two would make a great couple. <laughs> Buffy is in the colonel's bedroom somehow. I think that's where Adam, Spike and Adam led them. <laughs> um, she wakes him up, and she's like, do you know who I am? And, and uh, she's pointing her crossbow at him because she decided crossbow was the weapon tonight. She says, you know, I'm pretty good with this thing, so take us to him. No, you're not. Lies. the worst weapon you could have chosen. (laughs) Honestly, like a steak would have made more sense for you, Buffy. The colonel says, Finn stays in the brig. Helping an HST escape is a court-martial offense. You're only going to make matters worse. And Buffy's like, Riley? (laughs) Riley tried to help Oz escape? She had no idea, right? And he's like, oh, you're here for the wolf. And Xander's like, I guess we're two for one. So... They're in the hallway, uh, just Buffy at first. She's um, walking by this army guy and she drops her steak. So she did bring a steak, good for her. He bends down to pick it up for her and she like takes him out. (laughs) I don't know why she had to drop anything anyway, but it is fun to watch. She uses his key to get into the door uh, and then she frees Riley. And before they leave, Riley says, Buffy, if I leave now, I can't ever come back. And Buffy just stares at him and he says, I just wanted to hear that out loud. So again, like... Okay, like a little stumble block at first with Himbo Riley during this episode, but like, at least he's having this journey finally. Like, at least we're getting somewhere with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I thought this happened already, like, a long time ago, but now it's happening where he's finally leaving the initiative. Back in the hallway, um, the Scoobies are getting to Oz's cell, but then they're surrounded by army people. Uh, Buffy is pointing the crossbow at the colonel, at the colonel's head and says, Stay back or I'll pull a William Burroughs on your leader here. And no one knows what that means. <laughs> and he, so, uh, she was like, she's like, was I the only one awake in English that day? I'll kill him. Get him out. So the colonel nods. The soldier lets Oz out. Um, Willow runs to him at first. And then he says, Willow, get back. Because the closer she gets to him, his hands start to transform. But he gets it under control. And he, he unwolfs his hand. Buffy leads all the Scoobies out with the colonel as her prisoner. They all get into the elevator. The doors open. They all leave. And Riley breaks the elevator control panel so that he's stuck up there. <laughs> and um, before he goes, the colonel says to Riley, you're a dead man, Finn. And Riley turns to him and says, no, sir. I'm an anarchist. And then he punches him in the face. So props to Mark Lucas. You're getting some great lines in this episode and you're making the most of it. Props to the guy playing the colonel too, because he knows who he is. Like he knows what kind of character this is. He's just a stereotypical one-dimensional army yes-man kind of leader type guy. And he's doing a good job with that character. Yeah, I agree. Good job, everybody. I, I That was a weird situation that we were just in, but uh, I, I liked that Riley chose a side, right? Good for him. So 
at the incredibly unstable Sunnydale High High School <laughs> building. Riley's rolling out a sleeping bag. Obviously, they're on the lamb. They're going to hide there tonight. Um, Buffy has a lantern, and she's like, I hope everyone's okay, because obviously they all split up. Riley agrees, and he's just like, hey, you know what? Like, it's mostly me the initiative wants. Do we think Buffy called Joyce to give her a heads up? No. <laughs> I think Joyce is out of town, to be honest. I think she went on vacay. Oh, sorry. That's a, that's a really good point. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just worried that some army guy is going to show up being like, is Buffy here? <laughs> um, I think whenever we don't see Joyce, she's on hiatus. She's she's running her business across the country is what I think. She is a living life. She is. She doesn't even... She's like, Buffy who? Like, what the... F- <laughs> she don't live here. So... Um, Buffy asks Riley what they should do, and Riley says, well, we're safe here tonight at least. Like, the campus is all blacked out still. It's going to slow the initiative down, and I'll figure out what my next move will be tomorrow. And Buffy's just like, wow, quite a day. You know, you woke up with a big bowl of Wheaties, and now you're a fugitive. He says, I'm glad it's done, right? And I'm glad that I know where I stand finally, which is, I, I agree. I'm glad you know this, Riley, finally. And he says, I was wrong about Oz. I was being a bigot. And like, I just, I want to give props to Riley in this because like you and I have not been kind. <laughs> well, we haven't given him a lot of slack for the things he says and does in this season. But um, yeah. I, I am always impressed when someone admits they're wrong. I, I'm always impressed when someone can Agreed. outwardly say, that was wrong of me to have done. And I see that now and I'm le- I've learned from it. Xander can't do this, right? But Riley is. And I, I think that we should acknowledge him. Buffy says, you weren't being a bigot. You were just thrown. You found out that Willow was uh, was in an in- unconventional relationship and it gave you a momentary Wiggins. It happens. And yeah, like Buffy, I love this. I love this parallel to her conversation with Willow earlier, right? Like, yeah, exactly. it does happen. And w- Buffy's addressing her own thing right now, right? She's like, I found out that Willow was an in-, in an unconventional relationship to, you know, to 2000 standards. And um, it gave me a moment of... Of, of like shock and uncertainty and then I got over it right so yeah and, and that's the difference between uh, somebody who's bigoted versus somebody who has to take a moment to break through that thin ice of like internalized misogyny or homophobia mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know whatever we've been brought up with right like you're not responsible for the baggage that gets put on you by your parents or your friend groups or your society or TV, right? Like we're not responsible for that. But when we are confronted with these situations, we are responsible for, well, can we recognize, right? The essential humanity of what's going on or do we choose to reject that humanity in favor of judgment? And that's what makes you a bigot. So yeah, I agree with you that like, you know, Buffy and Riley both, had their moments in this episode, but they handled it, if not gracefully, then at least, you know, with a sense of compassion. And they learned from it. For me, it's like it's they were both given new concepts today, right? Like Buffy learned that her best friend is in a relationship with a woman and Riley is learning that, hey, not all demons are evil, right? And these are new concepts to both of them. It's a new reality for both of them in their own lives and it takes a little getting used to and they're they're acknowledging that and that's okay. Right. Also, and I don't know if the writers know that this is what they were doing in this scene, I really like how this is two people who do not share those particular marginalizations 
talking to each other about their feelings about these revelations because that's another good thing to keep in mind right is it's like okay if you're straight and your friend comes out to you as gay or whatever don't make it about you they're not responsible for you to talk to them about your feelings about that right and don't go to one of your other gay friends and be like oh my god this person came out to me as gay and this is how I feel. like go talk to somebody else who's straight like yeah. right like like don't make other people do that labor for you and it's the same thing here it's like Riley's processing his feelings about Oz being a werewolf with somebody who's not a werewolf. Buffy is processing her feelings about finding out that Willow's gay with somebody else who's not gay. And that is the kind of allyship and support that I want to see. Yeah, no, I, I mean, kudos to this episode for depicting these things. We love to see it. And um, I really like what Riley says here. He says, I was in a totally black and white space, people versus monsters, and it ain't like that, especially when it comes to love. Aww. So uh, Buffy then hears that, right? And she gets the courage to say, I have to tell you some stuff about my past. There's not all the stuff that you're going to like. And Riley says, you can tell me anything. And Buffy says, I think so. I think I can. So this is it. Uh, we're not going to hear it. We're gonna, the episode's going to end after this, but... Buffy is ready to tell Riley about her relationship with Angel. Finally, um, I would literally give an arm and a leg to hear this conversation, but that's okay. But does she tell him about Scott Hope? Who? What <laughs> <laughs> is that? I'm glad. That, I hate. I'm glad that they're finally getting to this spot where Buffy is feeling comfortable to express this to Riley because he just showed her that he's ready to hear it. Right? He's say he's saying. I was yeah. bigoted or I was wrong and I'm starting to see things this way. So she's like, then you're ready to hear this part of my life. And that's growth. Exactly. That's beautiful growth. Because she was concerned about that earlier. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God, Steph. Are we getting more sympathetic towards Ruffy? <laughs> we we started we started sympathetic to Ruffy and then it got rough in the middle. <laughs> but here we are. They're growing oh, together. I don't I don't know. I'm I'm here for this in this episode because it's nice to see this growth for both of them separately, but also together and what they're learning from each other. I also think that it's actually incredibly sad for Ruff, for Ruffy, for, for Riley, because remember what happened to him in Faith in Who Are You? And that was obviously not going to be addressed the way that we wanted it to be addressed later. Um, but it actually, it's left me feeling more sympathy for Riley than I have in the past because... I'm sad that he told Buffy he loved her and it wasn't Buffy. Buffy doesn't know he said that to her and he hasn't repeated it yet. And I don't know if that's because Riley's now vulnerable about that. He like he put himself in an emotional place to tell Buffy that and it wasn't Buffy, which I said in the at the time that that scene happened. I'm like that's heartbreaking to me. But the fact that like he can't even tell Buffy he said it because what if Buffy gets upset that that he told it to Faith and not her and that starts up that whole thing yeah. again. But also just like he's obviously not comfortable bringing it up to her again and, and that makes me sad. So ah, so anyway, this also makes me sad because Willow and Oz are saying goodbye in his van. <laughs> They're having small talk at first um, and Oz says that he traded his base to have the van fixed and garaged in Mexico at one point. And... Um, this actually made me sad, too, because I was like, Oz, he gave up his whole life to find a cure for his werewolf curse. Not even a cure, right? Just like some tricks some, and tips. Yeah, some yeah, but like he loved his his band. Well, he loved Willow. He loved his band. He loved his his van. He lo he loves his, his, his music. And look, he's been trading off all of these parts of his life so that he can 
find some sort of balance with his curse and that's really sad so he says to willow i shouldn't have come back i just thought i'd changed and willow says you have changed you stop you stopped the wolf form coming out i saw it and oz says i couldn't look at you it turns out the one thing that brings it out of me is you which falls under the heading of ironic in my book and willow says it's my fault i upset you and oz looks at her and is like well i guess we're safe then because you'll never do that again and they just look at each other and Oz says, but are you happy? And um, she says, I am. I can't explain it. And Oz says, it's maybe safer if you don't. And Willow says, I missed you, Oz. I wrote you so many letters, but I didn't have any place to send them, you know, and I couldn't live like that. And Oz says, says it was stupid of me to think that you'd be waiting. And Willow says, I was waiting. I feel like some part of me will always be waiting for you. Like if I'm old and blue haired and I turn the corner in Istanbul there you are. I won't be surprised because you're with me, you know? And Oz says, I know, but now's not that time, I guess. And Willow just shakes her head and the tears in both of their eyes. And Willow says, what are you going to do? And Oz says, I think I better take off. And Willow says, when? And he says, pretty much now. And this is when I started crying, Cara, when I was watching this episode, because like, this is goodbye. This is goodbye. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. it's the kind of goodbye that I'm here for. Like the last goodbye he gave was utterly heartbreaking because it was it was just like so much was up in the air, so much was left unsaid. They're saying it all now, and it's closure. And closure is like final goodbye, <laughs> you know? And that's why I was feeling this the scene. It's just yeah. It's so sad. It's so bittersweet. Like it's nice that they leave things, like you said, with closure. Like they, they are leaving things on this this hopeful and peaceful note. Yes. There's less recrimination here. But it, it's just it's painful. You know, and that's that goes back to what Buffy was saying is somebody's gonna get hurt here. Sometimes when these relationships end, like this is Willow's first love, right? And sometimes relationships end. Yeah. And you still love each other and there's still so much shared between you. It's just not going to work. And that's what this is representing for us. And it's real and it's heartbreaking. And it's like you said, bittersweet, right? It's like this is this is what has to happen. But this is why I started crying is because right after that, Willow starts to actually cry and Oz leans in and, and he hugs her. And it's such a supportive hug, right? His hands on her head. It's their hold. She's crying. It makes it makes me think of you know their van the van Mm -hmm. and how way like that was like he saw willow in the van right when in halloween she walked by all tarted up he's like who's that girl and then when they go off to um rob the the army base or whatever to get the grenade launcher and he's in the van with willow Mm -hmm. and she's wearing the coat and she's like you know what we could like make out because she thinks she's gonna make xander jealous and oz is like I'm going to wait until you want to make out with me, mm-hmm. right? Like they they had these moments in the van like that. And so for that to be this last scene between them, like it's just such a callback. It's just very real, right? It's just, it's just yeah. the love is there. You can see the love. These two are working really well together. They always did, right? Alison Hannigan and Seth Green. But like we're going to miss these two characters. And that's why this scene hits. Bye, this is such a beautiful conclusion to their story. I'm so glad they didn't leave it Agreed. at Wild at Heart. Because in my opinion, this is closure 
Willow's is happy and Oz has is on his way to finding his own happiness. He came here hoping he would find it with Willow, yes. but it's not the case. And it's not Willow's fault that she moved on and that she found something new and beautiful while he was gone. And he's accepting that, right? He's probably disappointed and heartbroken himself. But this is what they both agree on. They're both saying this is goodbye. Maybe not forever, but it's goodbye for now. And he's leaving on good terms with everybody this time. And it's just that we couldn't ask for more for this character that we loved and we loved him for three seasons. And then he did something terrible and left. And we, I was left like broken after that episode. So thank you for this, for him to come back and for them to have a satisfactory conclusion to the Willow and Oz relationship. I'm happy. I'm, I'm okay with this. Agreed. I will also add that um, Investigating Angel podcast is on Angel season one right now. They actually brought up a really interesting idea that I can't get out of my head where they said that Oz would have actually fit in really well at Angel Investigations because let's just say um, they're only on episode three or four of that season. But let's just say like right now, if Oz left Sunnydale and moved to L.A., and, you know, hooked up with Angel and Cordelia and Wesley. He had the whole, like, controlling his inner demon thing with Angel, right? Like, Angel could help him with that. Mm -hmm. But Angel and him always kind of got along. So I just think, like, what a cool dynamic that would have been if Oz's character wanted to continue in this verse, you know? Yeah, I agree. But, you know, I know that behind the scenes, right, Seth Green left in season four because he wanted to have his role reduced to a recurring character. Mm-hmm. And Joss Whedon said no, because Seth Green wanted to go do movies, and Joss Whedon was a controlling bitch. He's like, you don't want to be on my show? Yeah, so that's why he wrote him off. And like you said, they brought him back, and I appreciate that closure. So just throwing that out there for our listeners who are going to write in and say, well, this is why he didn't come back. And like, yes, we (laughs) know. We're ahead of you. We know. Um, Yeah. But I I think that's a, yeah, that's an interesting idea. I like it. Fan fiction. Yeah, I like it a lot. I think think he would have fit in in L.A. really well. So, um, all right, last episode, last last scene of the episode, cut to Tara's room. She's looking out the window. There's a knock on the door and she goes to open it. Tara, did you learn nothing from Hush? You do not open your, your door after dark, especially if you're not going to say who is it first, right? <laughs> but anyway, uh, Willow's there. She's got a candle and she's like, because the lights are still out. So she's like, I brought one for you. It's extra flamey. <laughs> and she hands it to Tara oh. and the, they're in the room together. And she's like, Tara, I have to tell you. And Tara's like, no, I understand. Like you have to be with a person that you love. And Willow says, I am. <laughs> oh. And Tara looks up and she's like, you mean? And Willow's like, I mean, is oh, okay and she's like oh yes and like it's just, like the 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 dialogue in the scene is so small <laughs> i don't know like, it, it's just it's just all looks and feels right so um willow says i feel horrible about everything i put you through and i'm gonna make it up to you starting right now and tara's like right now and willow nods tara blows out the candle and we fade to black and oh i wish we could have gotten a kiss I wish they could have kissed. Do it. Oh, that would. I know great. this is a very artful way to get around the network censors because yes. we all know what's happening. They're gonna bone. We know what happens when the candle gets blown out for sure. Okay, so I liked this episode. Like I said, closure, a nice send off for Oz finally because we had to wait all these episodes for it. But the reason it didn't hit me as much as it used to 
as I said at the beginning, is because I'm really into Tara and Willow this rewatch. And I didn't care about them when I watched it when I was younger, which is why it's so important to rewatch shows when you're older, because you have a new perspective on it, right? <laughs> if you liked them the first time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but I felt closure for Oz and Willow. I was satisfied with it and I was sad and it was heartbreaking, but I'm like, okay, it's time because the show has done a good job of making me feel invested in Tara and Willow and Tara's character. Tara deserves to be happy. I want Tara to have this. I'm glad she got the girl. I agree. And yeah, I I mean, I love what you're saying. I completely see what you're saying. Whereas for me, it's like, it's because I'm so invested in Tara and Willow that this episode affects me so much. <laughs> For me, it was like I was like, oh wow, I care about this, and I and the, you know the other stuff doesn't matter, and like I'm glad that you were there with the emotion the whole time. I felt it <laughs> right at the end. So who's your hero? I'm gonna pick Tara. Um, I like that she's sympathetic to everyone in this situation. She's empathetic. She's lovely. She gives space. She doesn't take space. And uh, you know what? Like I said, she got the girl. I'm happy yeah. for her. She's my hero. Totally see that. I, I would also maybe pick Tara, but I also have to say I want to pick Riley. I actually was thinking about Riley too. So I know. Yeah. He earned it this episode. He did. He did the right thing. And and it came at a cost, right? Like let's remember that too. Like he's he's a fugitive now. And he's an anarchist. We can make fun of him and you know, we, we can criticize him for what he's done in the past, but he, he finally stepped up and he did attempt to save Oz. So yeah. Good job, Tara. Good job, Riley. Good job, Riley. For he started off quite strong for me. I mean, we always like laughed at you know his <laughs> golly gee personality, but um, he started off the season pretty good for us, and then he faltered right in the middle there. But like, this is a good episode for him. I like, I like, I like Riley. I do, um, and especially when they portray him in this way. Right? Yeah. Good for him. Good journey, everyone. Good journey this episode. All right, on to our hot stakes. Our first hot stake is from V who wants to talk a little bit about Willow's sexuality, which, why not? Sure. (laughs) We're on this topic. (laughs) Let's hear it. So V says, Willow in this episode describes her relationship with Tara as it's powerful and it's totally different from what Oz and I have. This wording really reflects the experience of many lesbians, such as myself, who have previously had relationships with men. When you finally feel able to freely be with women, it completely reframes what actual attraction feels like. Like Willow, my crushes on men before realizing that I wasn't attracted to men at all. We're always close friends like Xander. (laughs) And the nicest, least threatening men possible, like Oz. I figured that attraction was just really liking someone. And so any guys that I liked in a platonic way, I thought, you know, that I actually had feelings for. Uh, So V goes on to say, you know, I so badly wanted to be attracted to men that I fantasized about living a heteronormative life instead of confronting the fact that, you know, I could never have that. Well, I could, but I'd never be happy in it, right? So this is what we talked about when we talk about compulsory heterosexuality, you know, and I appreciate you writing in about this V because, like, I can speak about it from my point of view as an arrow ace person, but I'm not a lesbian, so... Mm -hmm. V finishes with, I see so much of my combat struggles in Willow's coming out journey. And whilst I completely respect that Willow's arc would make quote unquote more sense if she was bisexual, I don't think that it makes no sense for her to be a lesbian. Her story is very familiar to a lot of lesbians. The idea that Willow cannot be gay or gay now, as you know, we might call her, Uh, because of previous relationships with men can feel really invalidating to lesbians like myself 
who have also been in relationships with men because of compat. Thanks for writing in about that, V. And, and also thanks for the shout out to people who are bisexual and relate to Willow as well, because I know that there's a big, that the, it's a touchy subject in that people feel like it's by erasure. Yeah. But I think it's totally valid both ways, right? It, like Her story is compelling to a lot of lesbians. And I think that you outlined that really well. Yeah. When, when it comes to labels, right, you know, Willow uses the labels that she's aware of back in that time period. And just like when we talk about like historical figures, you know, it's hard for us to assign the labels that we use now to historical figures, not because they didn't experience attraction in that way, but because the way that we create these labels has evolved. Language evolves over time, right? So the fact that Willow wouldn't have called herself bisexual doesn't mean that we can't recognize those aspects in her nowadays and feel seen and validated by that. But by the same token, right, it doesn't change the fact that people who solely or primarily feel attracted to women can see themselves in Willow as well, right? And so I, th I think it's important, at least from my perspective, not to get caught up on the label so much. Instead, you know, let's look at the portrayal of how she experiences that attraction and how she deals with it. And like V said in this hot stake, right, Willow's particular journey, which cannot be every lesbian's journey or every bi girl's journey. It's Willow's journey and it's going to be some lesbian's journeys, right? And that's powerful. And we're so lucky to get to watch it, you know? Like that's the high, one of the highlights of this show and always has been is this journey. So uh, thanks for writing in, V. Our next, I think, two hot stakes are about Spike and who are you? <laughs> bring it on. Yeah, bring it on. Well, I think, I think, so there are two differing views here, just like you and I were kind of you know, discussing our different viewpoints on the Buffy and Spike scene in Who Are You? So Sarah writes in to say, just my two cents, right? <laughs> First, we've already seen that Spike has definitely has definitely a thing for being emasculated. Um, his whole relationship with Drew, the second half of season two. And later we learn that it's been this way since he's been human. Ooh, that's a spoiler. But um, she says, I think that's why he was always also physically and sexually obsessed with Buffy because from the moment they met, she emasculated him. Think school hard when she broke his sticky thing and beats him so badly. But also in season four, the teasing when Spike was held hostage in Giles's tub. So I totally agree with Kara that faith in Buffy's body may have just been more blunt about it, but it's always been there from his and Buffy's side. Also, just to add, Spike's a total bottom. So, of course, he developed an obsession with the most powerful woman in his life and also why he's screwing Adam now. I added the ending to that, of course. But, it, I mean, it, it was right there for the picking. It was low-hanging fruit. Well, Brandon writes in and says, I'm going to have to agree with Steph <laughs> on the Spike and Buffy scene Who Are You? I think Spike has always had a, a twisted obsession with Buffy that was always based in violence and power with him wanting to conquer and kill the one he thinks is his equal. But this interaction marks the start of his sexual obsession with her. It's interesting that it's not actually Buffy, though, which I think really showcases how one-sided the sexual obsession is. I think the sexual undertones in their previous interactions come from Spike alone because it's been shown many times that his views about violence, sex, and power are all deeply intertwined. I don't believe that Buffy's interactions with him have any sexual undertones, and I think people project Spike's point of view onto Buffy to make it seem like something is there, when it isn't. To Buffy, Spike has been nothing but a nuisance and pathetic, a villain that she has to defeat and then 
a muzzled vampire who can't act on his violent instincts. I believe that Spike's sexual obsession with her starts here and evolves later. It's simply a projection of his own misguided understanding of a Buffy that actually wasn't even the real Buffy. Ah, Spike. Spike will continue to be a source of contention (laughs) and heavy debate, not just between Carr and I and between us and our listeners, but the the fandom (laughs) itself. Like, he is, I think, the most debated Such an interesting character. character yeah like there's yeah there he, there's so much going on with spike everyone can read him in one way or another and um we're not always going to agree but i really love that people listen to what the sides that the the points that Kara yes, and i were like, making yeah. right, right it it takes sides yeah. more people tell them tell me that i'm right no, I'm just, <laughs> side with I me i appreciate both of you sarah and brandon for writing in uh and you express yourself so well so thank you and finally, uh, we're going to do a shout out to a Buy Me a Coffee supporter, one of our new chosen ones, Tasha, who says, you know, after consuming all your content, I should stop freeloading like Spike living from Scooby to Scooby <laughs> and start compensating you for all your hard work, which very funny. That's why I read this out, Tasha, but you're not freeloading. None of you who are listening to us for free are freeloading like we love giving you this content. Just keep listening. That's all we ask. For. Especially when you agree um, with me when we argue. <laughs> right. Give us those download numbers. Give us those hot stakes. Yeah. You know, interact with us on social media. Yeah. And if you happen to have money that you want to spend on us, great. But you're not freeloaders. <laughs> um, so Tasha goes on to say, I became a Buffy fan during the show's original airing when I was seven or eight. As more children drawn to spooky things, I couldn't get enough of watching uh, Sarah Michelle Geller punched demons in the face. They say Buffy is a near annual rewatch, and my favorite characters are and continue to be Anya, Cordelia, Buffy herself, as well as a future big bad that we haven't met yet. What can I say? I love strong, sometimes unhinged or gutty girls who terrify me deep down. <laughs> gutty. Their favorite episodes are Hush, The Body, The Gift, Who Are You? And of course, once more with feeling. So thank you for supporting us, Tasha. Thanks so much. And the rest of our chosen ones. Lizzie. Emma. Hannah. Tisa. Alexandra. Kyle. Kayla. Destiny. Brady. Erica. Justine. Allison. Lena. Jace. Julian. Haley. And Nicola. Thanks, everyone. We will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and prophecy underscore girls on Twitter. You can also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca, where you can find the link to our Discord. Praise Moloch! See you next week!